After School Anime Club. I'm your host, Max Newland. I'm so glad to be here, and I've got two very good friends here. He definitely doesn't need horsemanship lessons. It's Max Kostrak. I know all about horses. Hello. And she was last seen aiding and abetting a lone insurgent at the marina. It's Stevie Matos. <laughs> Hi. Where's my dad? Uh, I hope he's enjoying that PS5 we talked about him having. He absolutely is. <laughs> before the before the he podcast you you probably know it from the episode like you downloaded the episode you've seen the shit i know you know it's gundam wing time yeah. here we are uh no lie this was one of the reasons why i just very much look forward to doing this podcast was knowing that this was definitely on the list yeah this is a pillar of american anime uh just in general i think this was like most american kids first yes mobile suit i was one of those kids this was my first mobile suit oh my god and actually i think truly honestly my first exposure to anime like this was the one that i like tuned really wow yeah like i knew of like sailor moon and dragon ball z and stuff but like gundam wing was the one that i like watched it hooked you yeah yeah i told you i told y'all that like this was the one that one dual maxwell was one of my ryokos but two this is this was my first foray into fiction writing I told y'all that, oh, right? Oh, oh right. that's right. Yes. I used to write fan fiction. That's so exciting. We've, we've got <laughs> to, yeah, I feel kid. like we, we're going to need to explore that. Um, <laughs> yes. I feel like this was a show that kind of successfully, was one of, the, one of the first anime to kind of successfully position itself as something for older kids. Yes. In the United States. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely feel like, you know, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were kind of going for a younger audience at the time, even though Dragon Ball Z is like fantastically violent TV show when you really get down to it. <laughs> kids love that. Um, <laughs> they do. Kids do love violence. I think everybody does. I mean, honestly. Hey, regular cartoons weren't doing it. They yearned for lasers. They did. They really did. They did. And then for the older kids, you can watch these like sensitive meditations on the nature of war and imperialism and stuff like that. And honestly, not know what the fuck they are talking about the entire time. You're just there for the melodrama. Nope. Because <laughs> yep, I was uh, this for whole first episode. Just enjoying the vibes. I was watching this as an adult and I was like, I did not get this as a kid. I was just here for the very intense stares and the yeah, cute man. boys. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, there's some kind of government thing (laughs) going on. Hmm, Interesting. Look at this robot, though. (laughs) I, I, it's big. I was very proud of myself. I knew I could still name all five pilots, but I couldn't name. So I could do that, but I couldn't name all five Gundams. I was still, I still screwed up and didn't know Wufei's, but I still knew. I knew all, all four, the other four. These are all new to me. Oh my god. You know, I think before we continue, it's actually time to test that knowledge. Yeah! Oh boy. Let's go! Uh, It's episode 13, the spooky number. And it's also the (laughs) final new series of this first season of After School Anime Club. So, you know, I went back to the old well (laughs) that I always go to when it's time for a new series. But seeing as how it's the spooky number and also the kind of sort of beginning of season one's finale, I have a special no need for trivia today. Okay. Special? And it's one you referenced, you made reference to when we were watching Trigun. Oh, no. That was no need for trivia EX. This (laughs) is no need for trivia. Unreal.
the 14 heads out there are loving this. Um, I, I so, yeah. love how stressed out these games make you, legitimately. I'm going to need to change my shirt after this. And you've already had to do that I once know. today, because you went through some stressful stuff. I did. Well... Well, look, I, I hopefully it won't be too, too much of an ordeal for you all, but I did want to send the season off. This isn't the season, this isn't the last episode. This is the one of, this is the first of the last three episodes. Yes. I just wanted to dissuade that fear uh, in people's hearts right now. So, <laughs> so check it out. This is No Need for Trivia Unreal. I'm taking all the rules from No Need for Trivia EX okay. and adding them on. So you've got to buzz yeah. in. Okay. You've got to answer in the form of No Need for X. I'm not ready, I lied. <laughs> I'm also putting a because Unreal is harder than EX. I'm putting a time limit on what? this. What? No! Oh, time pressure kills me. You know that we think slow. If if someone doesn't buzz in within thirty seconds of me finishing the question, I take the point. Ah! Oh, who? Okay. Damn. <laughs> 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 okay, um, are you two ready? Yes. I am ready. Okay, go ahead and type out the word buzz in our Discord chat. Okay. Um, and keep your fingers on those enter keys, because right here, here is question number one. Gundam Wing features an interesting change to the coloration of beam saber weaponry used in combat. Good guys use green, bad guys use pink. How is this different from previous Gundam series? Wow. That's Stevie. Um, was previous Gundam series colors for Beam Savers blue? No, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Okay. Buzz. And Kostrak. Um, were they reversed? That is correct. This was the first uh, Gundam series where the uh, good guys use green. In previous series, good guys use pink, bad guys use green. Because yeah. I think I've seen that before. Yeah. I've never watched, I haven't watched much Gundam, but I've seen so many GIFs. <laughs> I was thinking of 086, and I was like, wait, because they are mostly guns in 086. Uh, are you prepared for question number two? Yes. Okay. Ready. There is an interesting naming convention among the main cast and some of the important supporting characters. We've only met several, a few Gundam pilots, but we you can already have enough information to see what this convention is. What is? Wow. That's Stevie. Numbering system. Is it numbers? Are Whoa, the names well, really I got numbers? it dead on the nose. Dead Duo. on the nose. Duo, oh. Duo Maxwell Troa is, is, Troa is for oh. trois for French. Catra is French four. for four. Now the interesting one is that is Hito. Um, Yui, his last name is a is an alternate spelling for the word in Japanese that can be translated as lone, as in lone wolf, yep. um, mm. which makes him a stand-in for the number one. Interesting. Okay, number three. This is a test of your anime history knowledge. Okay. In 1995, Gundam Wing won second place in the Anime Age Grand Prix Awards, with Duo Maxwell taking the top spot for the favorite male character. Because he deserves. He does deserve <laughs> it. What anime beat Gundam Wing for the number one spot in 1995? Wow. That's Stevie. Sailor Moon? It's incorrect. It was oh, not Sailor Moon. Okay, okay. That was oh, the only guess Critically I acclaimed anime. Critically acclaimed anime. Critically acclaimed anime. Oh, I, I'm so bad with years. Yeah. Um. Oh, I think this point goes to you, Newland. What's your, what's your, do you have a guess? Um, is that Cowboy Bebop or is that too early? That's too early, isn't it? It was Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> 
So yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hideaki Anno beat Gundam Wing <laughs> in 1995. I mean, right. one of them is sadder than the other, I guess. Uh-huh. It is a little true. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a three three way tie going into question number four. Okay. The tsunami ad bump for Gundam Wing featured a voiceover containing a reference to a speech given by a U.S. president. The specific line, the torch has been passed to a new generation. That's Kostrak? Is it JFK? That is absolutely correct. It was, they referenced JFK in the Toonami ad. I remember this ad. The moment you said, the moment you started, it came into my mind (laughs) fully formed. The ad bumpers on Toonami were incredible. Yeah, they were. They were actually really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely wild stuff. That's why I remember them. Okay, number five. In the English dub, fan favorite character Duo Maxwell appends the title The Great Destroyer when introducing himself. This, however, was censored from the original Japanese appellation. What did he call himself in the Japanese dub? The Japanese dub. It's not The Great Destroyer. It's not that. Um, I don't, I'm going to guess. Uh, Stevie. The angel of death? I don't know. It's close. Oh, damn it. Um, Max, do you have a better guess? Is it the god of death, Shinigami? That's correct. It was nice. the god of death. Because, because yes, I right. translated the episode title number two <laughs> and noticed oh, that it says Shinigami. Nice. Or Shinigami. Nerd. Dang, all right. Max is pulling ahead. It's uh, three to one to one right now. Which is unbelievable. Crazy. Okay, number six. The first draft of the design of Gundam Zero One, that's the one that Hiro is piloting in the beginning of episode one, was originally based upon this Gundam, piloted by Domon Kashu, the main character in the anime series Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Give me the name of Domon Kashu's Gundam. Oh, no. This one's all you, Stevie. Oh, I have God. no idea. Mobile Fighter G Gundam? Um, I will give you a hint. It is uh, his second Gundam whose name was changed because of American sensibilities at the time <laughs> in the English dub. Uh, Stevie? Is it, um, oh, God. Uh, so you're talking about the, the hint is Hero's second Gundam is what you're talking about? No, no, no. This is the Gundam that Hero ditched in the in the ocean in this first episode. It's based on, the, its design is based on the Gundam piloted by Domon Kashu from G Gundam. Right. What was the hint you gave? Um, the name of this Gundam was changed to Burning Gundam in the United States because they feared American audiences would not like its original name. Oh, oh, okay. Um, uh... Oh no, it's based off of oh no. Um I'm gonna guess. Um Um Gundam Zero Zero mm, One Shooting Star Gundam. Okay. Uh Kostrak, do you have a guess, Ilsu? I, I heard do you not. forfeiting. Okay. I am forfeiting. Well it's called the it's called the God Gundam. God Gundam G. God Gundam. Ah. Mm-hmm. They they just put this guy in a thing called the God Gundam, and then U.S. translators were like, "We're not gonna, yeah. we're not gonna do that. We're not doing that, actually." <laughs> Love it. <laughs> okay, so it's one, two, three. Stevie Newland Kostrak. We got two questions left. Okay. Question seven: The composer for Gundam Wing's score also held this role for another anime we've watched on this show. Can you name that Hello. anime? That's Kostrak. Is it Outlaw Star? You are correct. Nice. That was yes. my guess. Fuck. <laughs> I only guessed because of space. 
and and I feel like you can hear if you li if you set the two next to each other, there are similarities. Mm -hmm. One of the big ones being that despite the fact we really only heard like two or three different music tracks in these two episodes, uh, there are a sh absolute shitload of. The, the man produces like a dozen or two dozen one minute tracks yeah. for the animes that he works on. His name is Ko Otani, by the I way. I was going to say the biggest the biggest similarities is the is the bumpers um, in Outlaw Star and yeah. the battle music in Gundam Wing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The, the shredding of the guitar. Sorry about my. Yeah. Sorry about my cat losing her mind in the background. I can't hear her, so <laughs> I couldn't hear that. I can't hear, but now that I'm should be that a wonderful treat for the listener. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll crank my volume Hell up yeah. while you're talking there, so people can hear. Yeah. It. All right. Okay. So, are you ready? This is the final question. This is one that is near and dear to my heart for reasons we will talk about in the rest of the episode. Okay. Question eight: The English dub of Gundam Wing was recorded by Ocean Group which, at the time, was also producing an English dub of Dragon Ball Z, which aired on Toonami for years before Funimation took over. The voice actor who played Duo Maxwell, Scott McNeil, was also a part of the DBZ cast. Can you tell me which character he played? Worth noting, this is the original English dub of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, this is Ocean dub. Yes, uh. not Funimation. So it's not Chris Sabat, it's not Sean Schemmel. Uh, I believe that was Stevie first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm gonna guess because I'm like trying to dig in my brain. Is it? Um. Oh God, is it Krillin? Wasn't Krillin? Okay. okay. Max, have you? I would like to guess Vegeta. Ooh. You're incorrect. That was Brian Drummond. He was in both of these episodes, ah. but it was not as Duo Maxwell. Oh. Scott McNeil played Piccolo. Oh, in the man, I, ocean I should have gone with Piccolo. Come on. Oh, man. Which is so funny because I feel like they're the most different characters ever. I love that. Duo Maxwell and Piccolo. Yes. 100%. Oh, amazing. Well, everybody did great. Max, you're the winner this time. Actually, Congratulations. it's time for the turn. <laughs> I realized something. What? Towards the end of this game. And I didn't speak up, but it's it's too late now. Newland, congratulations, you were the winner because neither Stevie nor I once said no need oh my for God. blank. None of you did it. Oh, yeah. None of us did it. We, we never do it. We fucking forgot, we which means we earned zero, zero points. points. That means you all hit Enrage before you could even finish the mechanics, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what we call a. That's what we call a full party wipe. Full party the, wipe. Um, the echo will strengthen you for the next, <laughs> for the next game. I hope so. I'm gonna need it. Thanks, Heidelin. <laughs> well, I'll just take that. I'll just take that trophy. I'll take that. Put it up on my. All the times I beat Stevie and Max <laughs> at my at my game that I control. <laughs> oh boy. Oh my god. Okay. Well, you know what. There's only one remedy for soothing the the sting of defeat. And that's talking about anime. Yeah. Yes. Yay. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I would love to tell you what happened, and I'm going to do that. We watched the first two episodes of Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, and here's what happened.
Episode 1, The Shooting Star She Saw, opens with exposition. The United Earth Sphere Alliance is playing the imperialism game. Our hero, an unarmed pilot, fights off Lieutenant Zex of the Alliance Army, but can't avoid a crash landing. On Earth, our pilot is discovered by Relina, the daughter of Prime Minister Dorlin, and Zex makes his report to his superior, Colonel Trez, leader of the mysterious Oz faction. Up and at him immediately, our hero refuses rescue and makes his getaway in a stolen ambulance. But hey, stop worrying about that guy and check these guys out. We get our first taste of some real Gundam action and get introduced to our main cast, Duo, Troa, Catra, and Wufei. Zex is worried about these dudes. Turns out Gundams are big deals. Meanwhile, Relina's back in school and there's a new student, Hiro Yui, obviously our pilot from the intro. That famous scene takes place, you've all seen it. Hiro's not a party guy. From this brief interaction, it's clear Relina's getting mixed up into something big. In episode two, the Gundam Death Scythe, the new kid is having trouble fitting in without making a fuss. Zex is making waves too, trying to speed up the search for the crashed Gundam. It turns out Hiro isn't just here to learn, he's using school resources for war stuff, too. Relina ponders his secretive behavior while we watch him do the aforesaid war stuff, and Zex launches his marine mobile suits. But things start going pretty bad pretty fast thanks to the titular death side, which gets a shot standing in the flames looking cool as hell. We check in with the other pilots from the end of episode one, all of them adjusting to their new military posts on Earth. Meanwhile, Zex and his troops find the crashed Gundam, but their attempts to salvage it are foiled once more by the Great Destroyer and his death side. With no time to spare, Duo deactivates the Gundam self-destruct and absconds with it. Meanwhile, Relina arrives at the site of Hero's action after abandoning her party and demands to know his true identity. But before he can take her out, Duo steps in and incapacitates him. Still not down and out, Hero hits go on his plan, and it seems that his Gundam and Deathside are both lost to the ocean depths. And that's what happened in those two episodes. So many things happen yeah, in these episodes. So much happened. I, what I love about Gundam Wing, like coming back to it as an adult, and I also watched this with my partner, which was hilarious, because um, his blind reactions to things, I was like, cool. This this justifies a lot in my brain for me. Um, <laughs> is that like you're dropped in the middle of the action, and like this is the one time where a voiceover like narrator for expedition is insanely helpful, like insanely helpful because yeah. you're being you're we're not getting to see pieces get set up. We are seeing pieces already in play in like this political yeah. landscape, yeah, 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 yeah. like of of a story, right? We're getting dropped into this story. And I wonder for for those of us who are familiar with other Gundam um with other Gundam uh series, if, if some of it is a continue like if it's like everything kind of happens in similar but not the same universes, maybe it's different generations and things like that. Because the only Gundams I'm super familiar with is Wing and 086. And I know 086 is before Wing. Um, so I wonder yeah. if there's a bit of an assumption that like since Gundam is not necessarily a franchise, but very similar to like Final Fantasy, like how like there are things that carry over. They're thinking that you, the viewer, have a little bit of this history already. Yeah, exactly. Right? Is, is, is what I imagine is going yeah. on. Because this is this does take place in the same setting right. as other Gundam series. Right. They are all intertwined. They're doing the Marvel MCU thing. Right. So like, I guess it could really be said that Marvel's doing the Gundam thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. More accurately. This, is, this, is, this was a little difficult for me because... Um, this is not just my first time watching Gundam Wing. This is, um, I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, my very first Gundam show. Wow! Uh, I've watched That's big great robot news for shows. Me. I have never watched a Gundam show before. This is dope, though. This is, this one's dope. There is a show that we must cover 
on Anime Club called Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Yes. I really hope you guys don't know anything about I've it. I've heard Nothing. of it, but I don't know I've anything about it. it. No. I don't, oh my I don't think fucking I've seen god! It I can't wait. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna poop. <laughs> such a good tv show <laughs> for reasons that i will not tell you right now for okay. i will let it be a mystery don't look up g gundam i promise just wait with bated breath for when we decide to do that on wait the show. hold on Fantastic. hold on i might i might spoil a little i just want to double check is mobile suit g gundam the gundams where like they don't sit in pilot seats they like they like essentially can like operate like they stand in like an area of the yep. Gundam. Oh, I have seen it. Yep. I have seen it. It is yep. cool. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I have absolutely it's seen really it. And cool it's show. very, very fucking cool. Okay, cool. Yes. Great. Cool. Yes. All right. They do. I will it's cool. look forward to I this. don't remember any of the story, but I have seen clips. It is very dope. But getting back to Gundam Wing. Yes. Um, yes. This is clearly a situation in which like they're going for like they're trusting the audience a lot. Yeah. To really absorb what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a good thing I was like plugged into this and didn't just have this on the TV on the background because uh, I was doing my very best to keep up with names and what was going on and all of the sort of exposition that we get in these first two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what was really jarring for me, though, um, and, and what is different about this show than every single one we have watched so far? Um, no jokes. No. Yeah, this, this, this is, is not funny. Straight laced, yeah. like they are telling a story. It is serious, and we're here to watch and learn about why these robots are fighting each other. Yeah, it's not funny. The stakes are high, um, and it it it's got a really fast pace. It accelerates very quickly. Um, oh my god! Because like they're in the middle of a war, so it's like it's not. There's duo over time will become the the comedic relief to a degree because when we're kind of getting that like from from these first two episodes of the kind of character sure. duo is as a person but excuse me no these are like child so soldiers who are like yeah fighting an organization too. like that's a that yeah Hiro I yui i believe is 16 yeah i think duos no hero's 16 duo i think is 15 troa i think is the oldest it's God. 17 it's either Cho or Wifei are the oldest. And Katra is, wow, I think, dude. also 15. Baby, baby, don't Baby's get... killing babies over here. Baby's killing babies. If I, I mean, somebody's probably going to wiki check me on that, but I'm pretty sure I think maybe only one of them is 18 and it might be Troa. But I think the old, I think it's like 15 to 17 is how old these guys are. Now, what about Zex? That's my question. Like, where is Zex an adult? Yes. Oh no! This is—he's a grown-ass man. This eats me up because I know all of like who's I know like all of the relationships between people, and so it eats me up like not oh, being shit. able to say things. About, I, I don't know if we're gonna learn that in our <laughs> coverage of it, but like, yes, Zex is older than well, them. I just opened up Zex's page oh, on the Gundam Wiki and spoiled myself know. on some you shit. So, <laughs> don't fucking do that. Don't go on the wiki. Yes. Never go on the wiki, yes. folks. God Why damn. I've done that to myself so many times. It's a dangerous <laughs> game. See, now you know. Now you now know. I know. Now you know a big thing. He's 19, by yeah, the way. He's like, yeah. he's, so he's barely an adult. He's barely an adult. Oh. Uh, the thing I wanted to bring up, it, it, I mentioned this during the game because I mentioned that this is Ocean Group doing the dub. Mm-hmm. 
the the voice actor Brian Drummond, who played Vegeta, who did, uh, uh, in my opinion, legendary performance as Vegeta in the Ocean dub. Yeah. Uh, he plays Zex Marquis. It's the same oh. guy. And he has that kind of evil villain tone. Yeah. He does. He's <laughs> he definitely does. evil. He does. That's the thing I noticed. I wrote that down where I was like, I really like how the principals got like really pretty, like pretty great voice actors for the principals. But then like you yes. got all these uh-huh. subsequent characters that got like the arrow to the knee treatment. I'm specifically thinking of the oh, one man. like politician in episode two who what did my partner mm-hmm, say? Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounded like a dollar store uh, Gilbert Godfrey. That's what we said. You're yep. talking about the guy who's chewing Colonel Trey's out, right? <laughs> yeah. Trey's is like giving his yes. report yeah. and this guy's like, you, what are you talking yeah, about? Down squeaky general. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we said dollar store <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey over here. Like, it's like, it was like, we said, we were talking about it and I was like, no, my partner said, he was like, this sounds like a person who who you meet at a party who's like really hammered and is like listen to my Gilbert Godfrey impression. <laughs> you can't get him to stop. Can't get him to stop. <laughs> and he keeps talking about the colonies. It's like not that. It's not good. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a submarine or like a, a a warship captain in the second episode that has the same kind of thing going yeah. on. Like the 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 voice actor kind of feels like he's being given directions by someone else yeah. <laughs> entirely, who's not directing the rest of the series. <laughs> Absolutely, I thought that was the same voice actor there for a second because like when I saw it in the second episode, it was like that's not the same character, and it wasn't. But they sound very much the same. But like yes, that was a thing um, that I liked. Um, characters though yes we uh, love to talk about these characters i think it's so neat that we already know who the main cast is going to be basically by the end of episode one mm-hmm. yeah um, they even do like a little roll call for us oh yeah when they're fighting people and they say their names <laughs> let me find a reason to say my name yeah. in the middle of this fight yeah. <laughs> and then and the interesting thing about that to me is that they're they're doing this. These these four dudes immediately say their names. We don't learn Hito's name until the end of the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do also appreciate that the voice directors are are towing a pretty hard line about pronouncing his name and and pronouncing it as you would pronounce it if you were a Japanese speaker. Yeah. Um, the, 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 there's only I think one or two instances of the glided R. Uh, almost everybody does the tapped R yeah. on his name, which I think is really neat. Yeah, that yeah, is. I do. I like that too. I like that too. Um, I, I. How about Relina? What do you guys think about Relina? <laughs> so um, I was like, why do I know this this character archetype? What is so familiar about her? And as I was like watching her in the back of my mind, like this this tune just rose from the depths of my subconscious. Oh shit. And it was the, I would die every day waiting for you. And I was like, that's who she is. She's Bella Swan. Oh, my fucking God, dude. (laughs) Instead of a vampire, she's dating a war criminal. She's Bella Swan. (laughs) Yeah, she absolutely is. And I... I'm so glad you unlocked that for me because the the thing I was thinking about while I was watching Relina is this is an interesting character who has like an interesting internal life. Yes. I just feel like it's not being super well realized on the screen. No, no. Um, Like there's something cool about like the daughter of a politician who is living in this life of extreme comfort and, and 
privilege who by some twist of fate has encountered the the guy who is doing the like lone wolf resistance against the government right and like there's and it's it's causing the scales to fall from her eyes in terms of like what her dad does what the what the base assumptions of society are yeah. it's just we're not I don't feel like we're getting that much of it. It's, like it's, the, the, there is the implication that well, she's and, feeling this stuff. Yeah, I, I hear that. But again, and maybe I don't know how long she's super relevant here, <laughs> but we are on episode two out of 50. That's correct. That's right. That's right. Compared to some of our other series. So I wonder if the pace of some of that characterization gets stretched out as well. I can tell you that, yes, it does. But also, oh, she never, she never goes away. She's not going away. Um, oh, okay. So I this remember is her being away. important. She's yeah. important for the for the uh, entire arc. Um, this is not an arc one character. Not at this all. This is a mm -mm, no. Okay. Um, she's not going away. Um, because and we're starting to see kind of what she's going to become in later episodes. Like you said, Newland, the the scales falling off of her eyes. Um, but it's one of those things where like her privilege, her privilege was something that I struggled to to accept and deal with. But also like her, her mm -hmm. also like just obliviousness to things that are happening around yeah. her. Because I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, in the first episode, you are the daughter of a prime minister and this and and you're in the middle of a war. Like you're the prime minister, like yeah. you're the daughter of the prime minister of Earth and you're in the middle of a war and you're like, no. I don't need a ride home. I can walk. No, bitch. Dude, you cannot. That made me flip my you shit. You cannot walk by yourself, ma'am. You will be kidnapped. Why did anyone allow you that? Wouldn't, no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. And what are you, like 16? Get out of here. Absolutely not. First of all, first of all that. Second of all, pretty sure your mom is the highest grossing Mary Kay lady on earth because pink catalogs for days. And I loved that. But like, um, I also, other thing I wrote was Relina has never been told no in her life and she's never had, uh, like, ever. Um, see, see the mm -hmm. I'll kill you <laughs> moment. That was just for new, for Gostrak. I'll kill you. Um, but like, oh, so good. She's, she's like, she's, she's never spoken to another teenager in her life. Somehow she's somehow the most popular girl in school and has no personality. And I was like, man, I forgot how much of a pain in the Spell ass you one. are. You are like the worst at the beginning of this series. And I forgot. And a lot of that, I think is just like, they, they tried to write, I think they're trying to write her as like this super innocent person who gets her innocence shattered because she gets to a point, like there's a point in her life where she can no longer deny the reality that's happening around her. And we see that she's clearly getting put in like these situations where it's, she's not able to anymore. Like the story is forcing her to face the world around her. Right. As we definitely see in like episode two and like all of this stuff where like the outside world she can she like her bubble gets burst um but whoo she is just like you're like god why is she the focal point for like out of the 20 minute show that i have to watch for like nine minutes of it let's that's precious nine minutes that i want back <laughs> i'm learning having watched this that i actually don't remember a whole lot of the plot of gundam wing even though i watched the whole thing with rapt attention as a child um i'm kind of curious to see how the relationships between the, the Gundam pilots are going to develop. I'm sure there are like some locked memories deep within yeah. me uh, of watching these sequences, but like seeing at the end of episode two that Duo and Hiro are fighting the same war on the same side, mm -hmm. but don't know each other. 
and don't know what's going on with each other is interesting to me. Yeah. Like it clearly paints the picture of this like insurgent resistance that is yeah. like scrappy mm -hmm. and disconnected and and fighting back in whatever way it can. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. That, that was the impression I got. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I got too. I didn't remember that. They're either. like from different cells, basically. Yeah. I don't remember big key plot points. I remember big character character turns, like char character development moments. Um, yeah. But I don't. I, there were some things that, as I watched it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that does happen. Oh yes, that's what. That's how we get to this point." Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I was like, I largely don't remember a lot of this plot. But I think a lot of that is not. Not only did I do I not remember it, I didn't understand it. I was watching this when I was like 11. For sure. And For sure. I was attracted to the melodrama of it all. And I remember like thinking of like, oh man, everybody's watching Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z, but I'm watching anime. My favorite animes are Princess Maroke and Gundam Wing. I am a, a lover of the art. I remember I felt very superior and I'm like, baby, you did not. No, you were here That's for the, the robots. That's the life of any anime fan right. is, I was like... uh, is feeling superior to other anime fans. That's the lifeblood yeah. of this subculture, I feel like. Yes, 100%. At least I am not watching blank. Right. I was like, baby, you didn't know what the fuck you were watching. You were here for the long-haired boy and the robots. If you don't sit we your ass down. We were all getting down. the same thing out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, can I can I transition us for a moment? Because I feel like yeah, we've gotten please. quite a bit into this, and we're we're neglecting a big piece here. Let's so go. I think we've had some insightful conversations about character oh, and God. plot and setting. But guys, there's big robots here. Big we robots. talk about the big yeah, robots. There's some big fucking robots. I am very psyched about this because we have not approached a mecha show yet. No. Yeah, um, mecha is yeah. of course like one of the biggest genres of all time in anime. Yeah. Um, we love giant robots. Everybody loves giant robots shape. Hey, what if a robot was shaped like a human being? Wouldn't that be sick? <laughs> this is where I, that always that scene from Metal Gear Solid 3 jumps into my mind <laughs> where the disgruntled general makes a whole speech against the idea of bipedal robots and how <laughs> dumb it is and how it won't work. Um, <laughs> which is very funny to have in a Metal Gear Solid game. Um, <laughs> But I I can't help it. It's cool as hell. A big robot cool. that has a sword that is a laser. Yeah. He shoots a big laser. You yeah. can jump out of him and just punch a guy. Yeah. If the other guy also jumps out at the same time. There's so much Gundam <laughs> and Mecha in the in this first episode. Crosstrek, like. what's your favorite I, one? Which one's your favorite so far? Which one's your favorite? Uh, of the Gundams we've seen yeah, so far, it's, it's, it's duos. It's Death Sight. Okay. It's Death Sight. It's, it's gotta that, be Death Sight. It's that weapon. <laughs> Hell, I, I, that blew my mind. I was just getting used to the fact that the robot could have a big laser sword. And then here comes... Um, out of nowhere, like, hey, I'm three expansions later, uh, and I have a scythe now. I'm like, yes. whoa! We've jumped so far ahead in weaponry. <laughs> Um, and I'm loving it, and and this is what I want to see more of now. Do you want to hear um, a great thing scene about the by the way? Yeah. Okay. My favorite thing about the Death Scythe is not only does it have a scythe, but it's actually the stealth one out of all of them. It has radio jammers, oh, so it can't be detected by radar, Ooh. which is why in episode two it just fucking wrecks underwater. Like that's the reason it just why shows up. it just shows up, and they like didn't and see they're him like, on radar oh god, at we're all. getting killed. It's because he he's got like he's got essentially like um like electric frequency jammers that essentially make him undetectable to like 
radars and like you know area scanning things so he's so virtually cool. undetectable until like he shows the fuck up in like your window and like is slicing you in half like that's and why he's so fucking ruining dead. your day yes yeah. yes I, there's a great moment so i think it's from episode one it's from like right before the roll call where there's a bunch of enemy mobile suits and by the way max i want to make a distinction here a gundam is a specific type of mobile i suit. noticed yeah. this yeah yeah because they they referenced the f- i was i was confused at first until i picked up on it but no 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 the gundams are made of gundanium yes and they're very special yeah if you see a gundam you're gonna die yeah. that's the, it's because gundanium yeah. is an alloy that can only be um uh, mined and manufactured in space so there, it's actually really hard it's like it's a really rare alloy that's the thing it seemed like yeah it was, these were these are rare metal uh robots all day i fucking all day y'all i love this fucking there, anime the moment i was about to talk about before we got on this tear was that there, there, it's in that roll call sequence there's a guy in one of these non-gundam mobile suits and he goes are we under attack? And then gets immediately <laughs> exploded by so good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and also these people get killed. Yes. Yeah. Dude. Uh, we are we are starting right out the gate with mm-hmm. a lot of people getting killed in war. Yeah. 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 Big body count already. Already in these just in the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. And also. One thing that we do see, like, because uh, we're watching, like, the newer dub, and I'm pretty sure this was edited for the Toonami version. I didn't go back and watch Toonami version. I might just for S&Gs. Um, but um, as opposed to, like, Outlaw Star, where if people got shot, like, they would, we just see, like, the ping, and, like, you know, people would be hurt. Oh, no. Duo gets, sh- or Duo shoots Hiro twice, and the man mm-hmm. bleeds. Like, we are seeing people get hurt and like people get injured and people just like dead ass die super dead ass die like there's a guy in the second episode he's piloting one of the underwater gundams duo shoots his like spinning drill attachment at him Mm -hmm. and in the moments before he explodes we zoom inside the cockpit there is water coming into the cockpit with him and smoke billowing from everywhere like the visceral reality of these people and their final horrifying moments is being rendered here for us, like quite clearly and unambiguously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There is, yeah, there is no wave hand waving this away. I noticed one thing, which was I, I just marked down on my notes here. Um, time to Gundam in this series, six and a half minutes. Pretty good. Damn. Yeah, they, they know. They pull that they Gundam out quick. For. They know what we're here for. They do. They know what they're here for. They know that that's what we want. We want give us the bot. And they also the moment the 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 Gundam proper appears, that's also when the music I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like they immediately pull out some good stuff. Yeah, if if you don't get this show's light motif stuck in your head, then uh, you have no soul. I, You're not movable by music. I don't know how cuz I mean, it it started and I knew it. I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I haven't heard this." I've been sound listening to this t- since I was a child. Yeah, I yes. was like, "I haven't heard this sound in twenty years, twenty years." And it was like, I mean, core memory. I was like, "I know this shit." Oh my god, I love yeah. emotion. That opening, that opening song. Ah. Now, okay, I correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe Toonami cut the opening off. Am I correct in this? Oh, I don't know. I think they shortened it, but it's definitely it was they they shortened it considerably, probably for the edit. But I that's they definitely that was still the OST when we were kids, huh? And I know strange. Well, I I I had no memories of this 
intro song. Maybe it's like a, I was always getting home from school at, at, at whatever time. They also, and I missed it. I, but. I know that also Endless Waltz definitely used it a lot too. Because okay, you know okay. that I watched the movie. That, that's the movie. <laughs> you know that Kostak. I watched the movie. It, it, so Come when on. we're done with this, we got a movie to watch too. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I did. When I was looking up the number of episodes, I did see that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's more. Yeah. It just, it just puts everything on a bow. Although I did like the noir jazz. I was watching the, the Hulu dub and so the subtitles, the subtitles were also like poorly done. The subtitles were just, things were misspelled. It was a mess. Wrong words. But oh, my favorite no. subtitle was noir jazz. Shame. And it like shows up when Hiro is getting the invitation from Relina and he goes, I'll kill you. Like to her face. And her face That's turns into that Instagram meme. That scene! And her, her Instagram meme face, her face every time she's like having a crisis look, looks like an Instagram filter that you like put on your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kostak, let me tell me how you've how that how that scene affected you now that you've seen it. How'd that context. hit you? Well, here's the thing. I, I mentioned this on Discord. Yeah. So in context, I have seen this scene before yeah. where um, the, the birthday invite goes out. He wrote tears it up and just says i'll kill you yeah and with no context it's pretty it's a pretty wild scene <laughs> with context it does make more sense <laughs> still pretty wild he's trying to keep his cover right yeah like this is right <laughs> just be cool man yeah, like can we just talk about how actually can we take a second to talk about edward cullen as hiro yui and how like unchill he is the whole fucking time. Mm -hmm. I forgot mm -hmm. how unchill he is. Like, he is constantly at, at a level 11. He's constantly intense. Like, I'll kill you. I was like, sir, sir, like, don't tell her. She, uh, of course you'd kill her. She's the prime minister's daughter. She should absolutely be a target. But on the school grounds, mm -hmm. where is the lunch monitor? Sir, what? There is just such a, like, patina over all of this, which is, like, there are tiny little moments in this scene that uh, are, like, particularly mind-blowing, <laughs> such as she extends the invitation to Hero, everyone starts clapping. Yes! <laughs> What's up with the that? Why? The golf claps? Oh, the epitome w of social etiquette. When he tears it up. When he tears it up and throws it in her face, it, the camera cuts to her clenched fist like she's shaking with anger about like what she's just about happened. To deck him. Yeah. She's never been told no, man. That privilege. That privilege. It was nuts. Oh, one of my other favorite things, um, the during the horsemanship class scene, um, how Hiro has like dipped out to like look up to, to essentially mm -hmm. use the computer to hack into a military base. Um, but he takes five <laughs> minutes to like clear all his school debts. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, he make sure his, his, his alibi is good. <laughs> yeah. This is very funny. This is always that thing like in this era of mecha anime where the robots are so high tech and they're in space and the computers are old Macs with uh, <laughs> it's like IBM discs. shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolute like oh, personal computer, brand new. <laughs> <Right>. um. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like always so funny to me. I was like, dang, that guy is a box. Which is super hilarious. And, and I don't know if I don't know if I made it clear from the summary because I had to cut a lot of stuff out for time. Um, 
the plan that Hero has after crashing his Gundam into planet Earth is essentially to destroy it so that yeah. the evidence of his action is completely gone. Like, the, so that he can sort of fade into the background. Yeah. I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. I figured. Um, and the fact the, that Duo, the mission was not to recover it. Exactly. The mission was to keep it from being recovered. Yeah, because they don't want it falling into the other the other faction's hands. Exactly. And they also don't want anyone to fucking know that they're doing, they got Gundams yeah. on Earth. Like yeah. It's a, it's a big war secret for the resistance that they're using Gundams in this fight. Right. Um, and I think it seems like Hito has a connection to someone um, because he receives a change of orders yes. in the, in that first episode, mm -hmm. right before he engages with Zex. Oh yeah. But I assume we'll learn more about who his benefactor is as the series goes on. Yes, we will. <laughs> I know too much. I feel like Riley. <laughs> yeah, Riley could step in here and <laughs> Riley knows what we're talking Blah. about. Riley's hearing me say all this and going, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. Before we close out, I do want to say uh, I'm fucking loving Zach's Marquise. This guy is cool as hell. Yeah, he's extremely good. He's also very confusing to me because <laughs> there is one other Gundam character I know. Yeah. And he looks just like this it's, motherfucker. Yeah. And, he and has, it's not uh, him. And he has almost exactly the same personality as this motherfucker. Really? Too. Yeah. And he wears the same helmet and the yeah. same He's outfit. A clone like Zex, of Char. Yeah. Zex is a clone of Char, and I think Hito is supposed to be like a dark reflection of Amuro Ray, also. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. I think so. But yeah. I don't know that much about about MS Gundam, like the original Gundam that we're talking mm -hmm. about here. But Zex is cool. Zex is very cool. Yeah, Zex is way fucking Zex cool. Good, a good antagonist yes. here. Like, he, he's got that very good um, sort of archetype of, like, the guy who is behind the scene. Like, the, okay, the big empire is obviously after them, but mm -hmm. here's the guy who's got their fucking number, right? Yeah. Like, he's the guy who's going to get closer and, and get smarter. Yeah. And he's not even very high ranking. Lieutenant yeah. is a pretty low yeah, rank he's just a lieutenant. in the military. Yeah, yeah he's like. just a lieutenant, but he is, like, right-hand man to the, the ultimate zaddy. Trey's Kushranata, because we haven't mentioned Trey's oh, yet. Oh, and fucking Trey's. We, we, we didn't even fucking we talk about Trey's or Oz. Kushranata yet, and his fantastic fucking eyebrows. What a goddamn zaddy. Fuck! Incredible eyebrows on this man, yes. um, who is, like, the mastermind behind, like, a splinter faction yeah. of the of the imperialist army. Yeah, he's Oz. Yes. He's Oz. Okay. And, like, he's the one who, like, essentially, like, that's the thing. It's like, tr like, Zex is actually in cahoots with Trey's. To like get all this shit too, like it's, it's it's yeah yeah oh yeah oh it's layers it's it's wild it's gonna they be have cool. their own side and they're playing this con conflict specifically for their own needs yeah. and what's cool is I I didn't learn about this until later did you all notice the the names going on for the uh, enemy mobile units yes they are uh, zodiac signs oh yeah Leo and Cancer yep Oz stands for Organization Zodiac mm -hmm. oh. Mm -hmm. Or Operation Zodiac or something like that. Like it's the, it's the, it, it is the unifier between all of those. Yeah. Yeah. And the source of their um, mobile units yeah. that they have. Because you have Leo, Pisces, and Cancer are the mobile suits that we're introduced to um, for mm -hmm. Oz right now. But I think we get a few more. I'm pretty sure we get a few more. I don't think we get all 12, but we definitely get at least one or two more for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love this series. Clearly, I love this series. This is like, there's, I have so much information that now that we're going to talk about it, I'm going to be like, oh, I know this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. 
I'm I'm with you all. This this kicks ass so far. It's a good I show. Mean, so this good. is this is really cool. It's so good. And it does really feel like I know we, I know we've watched like Outlaw Star had some mature stuff going on in it. Trigun had some mature stuff going on in it. This definitely feels like it's a level higher. Like this this at the time as a child and now to me as an adult feels like it wants you to take it uh, seriously in a way that the other shows we've watched have not really asked of the viewer. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like yeah. Trigun, I think, came close because Trigun has like this very coherent philosophy that it's that it's trying to, you know, but inform it, it, you it about did undercut gently. itself with the Bugs Bunny bullshit. Yeah. yeah also, absolutely. Vash is a fucking like Looney Tunes character. <laughs> yeah. so there are no Looney Tunes in this show. None. Not a single one. Um, clown, though. One clown. And there lions. is one clown. And a lion. Did we notice? Did you have to? You have to have a resume. <laughs> yeah, you have to be a resume. Yeah. To work you have in the a circus. resume to work in the circus. I didn't know that. <laughs> I gotta call up my friend Ken, who is a clown, and ask him about this because I know that I I just am not aware of clowning resumes as a thing. As, as as someone who sat next to a clown and watched this episode, like. No, the way that he popped the fuck off on the couch and he was like, you don't need a resume to work in the circus. That's not how this works. Yeah, you don't need a resume to work in the circus, according to my literal clown fiance. I'm pretty sure you don't. You I don't. feel like that's part of the appeal. It's right? usually a family affair. <laughs> it's usually audition. Yeah, you usually go into this job because you would like to not be so known. <laughs> yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. But the lion... The lions are so cute. Cute lion. Uh, and this child soldier walks up and is just like, I can interact with this lion. It's fine because, and he turns directly to the camera, beasts only bear their fangs at enemies. They are true to their feelings. <laughs> I love the lines that get dropped in this show, by the yeah. way. Not making fun of these. These are great. Sometimes they are really good and then sometimes they are really corny. And I imagine eleven year old. is a corny motherfucker. Though. Is so fucking corny. He's so corny. Like I just remember me at eleven thinking it was really deep. But I'm like, now as a thirty three year old woman, I'm like, oh I see where I get everything from. No, nah, he's just got main character syndrome. Like he, he just got lucky there. He does. Like that that lion's gonna bite you nine times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. You you cannot just like bring your confidence game to a, an animal. A lion fight? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, love Troa's hair, by the way. Just all-time great anime haircuts on Troa Barton. So, do you want to hear a fun fact? And I will. I swear to God, I will keep the story really fast. Okay. You know how I have. A, I mean, hey, take all the time you need, dude. Valid. You know how I have a hawk, right? Like I have a hawk a mohawk rooster comb whatever people call it these days i thought you were about to fucking tell me that yeah, you keep I a was pet hawk ready for you to tell, no. tell us about your bird no 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 so you know how my hairstyle i'm like shaved on all three sides right I'm, yes i'm on yeah. top so uh, many years ago in 20, 2014 2015 i can't remember when it was exactly but i was living with my friend who i was talking about pre-podcast and we were watching Gundam Wing. We were going through and watching it again. And I had this huge fro way, way back, you know, in the day. And I was like, man, I'm so tired of mm. doing my hair. It took me a long time to do my hair every weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were watching Gundam Wing and I was looking at Troa and I was like, yo, you think I could pull that hairstyle off? And he was like, yeah, I think you can pull that hairstyle off. And I was like, cool. I want, I was like, can you cut my hair? And he's like, yeah, I can totally cut your hair. And so I had to get it cleared by a director because I was in the show in a show at the time, blah, 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 blah. And I come back 
and we go to cut my hair and he takes his clippers and he's like no guard and just goes Voop, and then behind oh. me he goes uh, and I said what and, he, and they go I don't I don't actually know how to style your hair like Troa's hair but I can try and he couldn't do it so we just gave myself a mohawk but my hair was originally inspired by Troa's hair from Gundam Wing and it's kind of kind of a goal to get to that one day but I have to actually grow like my bald part of my head out and that's really uncomfortable but yeah I wanted hair like Troa Barton from Gundam that Wing. is pretty amazing <laughs> I didn't realize you had such a direct connection yeah mm-hmm. I pretty strongly idolized Duo Maxwell as a kid because well he had the same name as me yeah Absolutely. 100%. I mean, it's, it's his last name, but still. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And also, he just seems like a cool guy. He's such a cool know. guy. The, the voice performance brings a lot to it. Yeah, he's so cool. I mean, like, honestly, like, when I wrote fan fiction in middle school, like, and it was romantic fan fiction, I'd insert myself as Duo's romantic <laughs> interest in it. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great. Oh, my God. This is like. That is amazing. You, have, you are one of the great of. All-time genres of internet users. We need you. <laughs> I lost it in a move, like, because we moved a lot when I was a kid. And I lost that that um, composition notebook. Because I would read it to my friends at lunch. And, like, they were also in it, too. And so, like, one of them was dating Wufei. Two of them were fighting over Troa. One of them was dating Hiro. Like, it was all this goof stuff. So I would read it to them at lunch. So it was in a composition notebook. Um, I never like wrote it on a computer. Um, so it never it was, made it online. I never made it online. It was lost. If it was ever found, wow, that is original fan fiction. Yeah. That is as as raw as it gets. If it was like I, that's like the only thing that I wish I I, I kept from my childhood because it was lost in a move and I like was just destroyed because it was like because I, I had to write on a deadline so it was like a probably really great horrible cringe creative output. I wish I wish I still had it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, maybe you'll be feeling some inspiration as we continue our our walk. Recreate with it. That, Hito. There's your uh, there's your goal. No, you know what I want to do? I want to find the Gundam Dynasty Warriors game and play that bad boy. That oh yes, dude. Yeah, dude. And it's I want to play. Very good. It's very good. It's real good. I would like to, after watching this, I do want to control a big robot. Yeah. Very badly. Yeah. I think the only Gundam game I've ever played is the fighting game. Oh, yeah, that one was good, too. Um, for PlayStation. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, uh. Totally unbalanced. You can be a gigantic Gundam that takes up literally the entire screen. Yeah, it was <laughs> That's good. The Dynasty Warriors one, though, was so cathartic. And you could unlock, like, all the Gundams from, like, all the franchises, which was really cool. It wasn't just, like, the like Gundam Wing. It was, like, all of them, which was sick as fuck. It was really cool. <laughs> I looked this up because I know that the, the, the like dynasty, the, what what are they called? This like genre, mm-hmm. the, the warriors like, the, games. The, yeah. The warriors games. They always come up with like a different name. This thing's just called dynasty warriors Gundam. Yep, it sure is. I'm very proud of them for doing that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man. It's fucking sick. It's very cool. Like, uh, yes. of course. This came out in 2007. I can't believe yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Of course they played as, death scythe what i did try his heavy arms which is actually very fun heavy arms is a good time you you can't beat a gatling gun on a big robot can't beat it sand rock is also cool it is the warriors games are incredible when they they go into other franchises because 
sometimes it does just feel really good to pl- a play your favorite character because yeah. they just make all the characters playable, mm-hmm. and and then b beat up a whole bunch of guys, like <laughs> yeah. thousands of guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is really wonderful. Yeah. To hit a button and watch 500 dudes th- jump up in the air because I punched them all. Yes, because the- I've That's put, a great feeling. I've put an un- a, a, a ridiculous amount of hours into the One Piece version of the Warrior Games. Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. Fuck um, yeah. And it is extremely cathartic to to do that. It's um, because, you know what, like the, the death... The death mechanics are so like the death physics are so fucking broken. They just fly. They just ragdoll everywhere. It's oh yeah. It's and, and stupid. Hit, hit a group of thirty people and make them all go flying into a wall, what? and then they disappear. And a hundred more guys appear, and then you shoot a big missile or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll do this all day. All day. All day. <laughs> well, I cannot wait to reacquaint myself with the characters in the world of Gundam Wing. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see more. This is going to be a really fun ongoing series for us. This is going to be our 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 send-off to season one of After School Anime Club is having fun with the first six episodes of Gundam Wing. Yes. And we're going to end, hey, uh, real quick, behind the scenes, you can cut this out. We're going to end with like a big cliffhanger and like a murder. Um, <laughs> did we, I don't know if, we, I know we were going to have a separate thing to like talk about all this, but I was like, I've already got a knife right here. <laughs> and I was wondering like how intense I should get with the finale. Um, it's just a, well, it's just a semester ending, Kostrak? Yeah, but I mean, it's, we've got to have something to bring the fans this back, right? Like, this this it, isn't high school of the dead. Kostrak. It should be it should be uncertain whether I'm alive or not at the end of season one. I think <laughs> I'll make it happen. You guys don't have to worry. We about have it. a TikTok. Okay. I have some ideas now that you've said it because we do apparently have a TikTok, and I am in fact a violence designer. Oh shit, we do have a TikTok. I keep Didn't forgetting about that. It? I should probably tell people about it at the end <laughs> of the should, fucking we episode. Huh? Our, all, all our channels. <laughs> do we? Do we even have? Do we oh, post boy. it on TikTok? Yeah, I post the oh, the, um, the previews, okay. the little Friday okay. treats. Cool. Okay, I was like, do we? Oh. I guess I'll download TikTok. I have a TikTok. I guess I should follow us on TikTok. I just, I only use it to send. I'm dragging my feet. Friends. All right, whatever. <laughs> That's business. Okay. <laughs> that uh, you've reached the end of another meeting of the After School Anime Club. Uh, we had such so much fun uh, on today's episode with you, and we hope you had fun too. Uh, you can find After School Anime Club online at uh, Anime Club Pod on Twitter. We're also on TikTok at After School Anime Club, and we're on Tumblr too at After School Anime Club. What? Uh, me personally. Yeah, we got it. We're we're on Tumblr. <laughs> We have like twelve followers, I think. It's great. That's wonderful. Uh, we're also, yeah, we're also on Facebook. You we can are. also find us on YouTube. Yep. We're all over the socials. We're, we're, we're on everywhere. The socials. We're yeah. on the internet. You can't escape us. No, we're coming for you. We're in your home. Uh, and if you re- if you want to find me before I find you, I'm on Twitter at Max Newland underscore. Uh, how about you, Kostrak? Uh Yeah, you can find me also on Twitter. It's Max underscore Attacks. 
and Stevie. I'm in your ears and I'm in your walls. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter <laughs> at a smattering on both platforms. And in your walls. <laughs> Definitely in your walls. Eating your cheese. Hiding in... <laughs> I just don't know what to say about that. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, it, 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 it didn't stop being important for me to say that... Um, Podcasts are so difficult to market and so difficult to grow audiences for. So every time you tell somebody about After School Anime Club, I do hear it and it does make me happy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, tell your friends and and make sure you say it nicely because I am listening. <laughs> uh, and if you leave us a, a five-star review on iTunes, apparently that's the one that really matters. Like the iTunes reviews are like the big, the big things. Yeah. Um, if you go on there and you leave a review and it's funny, I'll read it for you on the air. Yeah. But Stevie, what, what should they leave out if they want that to happen? You should leave out all your chicken headed shit. No chicken headed shit in your reviews. That's right. That's right. We should all strive to do that with more of our everyday lives as well. You should just not bring any chicken headed shit to your life. Like just keep all that chicken headed shit. Chicken it just makes things better. Yeah, don't be a chicken head. Yeah. Be chicken head free. Don't be a chicken head. Um, <laughs> if if the new boy at school doesn't want to hang out and you think he might be doing some like stochastic terrorism, also mm -hmm. don't okay. don't, don't give don't him force a paper invite to your birthday party. I mean, granted, up in front of you. granted, if somebody if somebody RCP'd to my birthday party with "I'll kill you," I would bring the party to them as a challenge. They are the They're party. The whole fucking party. Clearly. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, you, you have to get through the party to kill me. No. Sorry. This is some catch me if you can shit. Let's go. Let's go indeed. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I've created a hitman level for you. <laughs> right. Right. The great hunt. Choose your weapon. If you fail, I'll mount your head on my wall. <laughs> this is the, the best way to grow your podcast is to threaten your listeners, I think. Probably. <laughs> We're so good at this. We are. Yeah, we're great podcasters. Thank you. We're very antagonistic. It's wonderful. It's our strength. And despite everything we've said over the past two minutes, we're so glad you were here. <laughs> we can't wait to see you again next week. Thanks again, and we'll see you at the next meeting. that umemoshi baby chew it slowly done quit your fancy asmr dreaming and wake up what we're back who's back okashina podcast anime with friends of course oh never heard of it i have who, who are, are you? you i'm victoria i'm joining okashina podcast as the third chair Nani? Would everyone stop screaming? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends is a podcast in which two childhood besties, me, Sabrina, and you, Don, and you, Victoria, watch anime together and then discuss what we watch with restrained delight. That's three people. Mm, sounds boring. I'm going back to bed. You can't! You'll miss all the weird, wild, under-the-radar anime we cover. I never agreed to this. It's fun! Check us out on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Insert joke.